Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm your host, Minister Joy Lewis, and you listen to Free on the Inside, an internet program to inform you, to encourage you, and to challenge you to be all you could be. I'd like to welcome you once again to our weekly broadcast. It's been a while since I've been on here live because of the pandemic. We're going into a year and a half of this here dreadful disease that overtook the United States and the world. Also, but we pray that you're being safe. We pray that you're taking all the proper precautions for regard your health and your family health because we can't take this thing for granted. You know, you know, you know, I'm a Christian. I believe in the power of God. And I pray that everything is going well with you. I pray that you're being that you're taking care of yourself. And so in, in order to do that, you need to be very mindful of the other uh, thing that's available for us you need to be very mindful that that you have an obligation to take care of your own health and I and I call in number and I'm gonna put it that way here because we're gonna just uh, do a couple of archive shows matter of fact we're just gonna do one uh, archive show for you today it's a very very in, a very encouraging show here from uh, Miguel uh, he's uh, we're gonna do uh, uh, what is it uh, finishing in four uh, how to finish uh, college in four years. He gave us some great pointers on that. Brother Miguel is no longer with us, but yet he left us some information that we can use. Uh, that call-in number is 310-982-4126. That you too can call in and be a part of what we uh, and be a part of what we're doing. Lend your voice to the show is what I wanted to say. But I want to talk about some current events. You know, we got uh, um, some laws that have been passed and laws that are pending the past. Uh, here in the great state of Texas, we have like 666 laws that is on the books that is slated. Some of them have went into effect, and some of them is going to affect in about four months from now, which is at the first of the year. And some of the laws, I'm not going to be able to go through all of them, but oh my God, as I was looking through the list, it kind of touched my heart of all the things that's going on, and people just, you know, people that, that have the power, the people that are in control are not concerned about the people around them, but concerned about their own need and their own necessity and trying to make their own uh, um, uh, uh, mark in life because these laws will be uh, put about this uh, through, uh, through, the, uh, through time. People say, well, so-and-so put this law in the mark in the place. So-and-so did this. And not thinking about the consequences of these laws. Yes, they may sound good now. Yes, they you may think they're beneficial now, but in the long run, in the long run, what uh, what kind of laws would these, uh, would these laws uh, make? Uh, in the in the overall scheme of society, I think so much as uh as they passed a gun law, you know, where anyone that's over the proper age of eight uh eighteen or twenty one they could buy a gun, with you know with very little background check, no training, no license. Oh my God! And then they and then they have also attached to that is open carry carry, where you can take a gun just out in public. Now you know they leave it up to the uh. To the vendors and the store owners, and the uh, and, and bit different bit business places to set the rules on if they want people to come in, they uh, they establishment with a gun. But yet you can carry a gun openly. Ain't that something? It's like the Wild Wild West. I enjoy Western, but I don't want to live in that time anymore. Because let's face it, some people do not need a gun. I bet you know some people also that don't need guns. And then they got this other law here that's that uh you know about voting you know i'm very uh keen on voting i think voting makes a difference some people that gave up on voting some people said well it's going to be what it's going to be but i i beg to differ you need to cast your uh your hat into the arena i'm um, saying a voting arena you need to make a difference you need to let your bosses be heard concerning some things it's because of some of the laws that have been implemented here in the great state of texas that we're getting what we get because we we are not very mindful of our legislators that's in that position here. You need to make sure that the person that you voted for have your best interest at heart, have your kids' interest in heart, have the uh, interest of the community and the state in heart. Don't just go for anybody that promised you some things and ain't going to come through. You have to look at their track record, you know. And it, it, it's, a, it's amazing how we fall into this here situation where someone at one time was very, very hard and cruel, Tools economically uh, and health-wise and, and all those things, that, but yet we sooner forget. We start thinking about, oh, it was better back then. Wait a minute. We got a pandemic that killed over 600,000 people, 
And now you talking about bringing in another, the old regime, the council, okay, it's going to be all right. The old regime said that we don't have to protect ourselves. The old regime said, because you don't have no job, we only going to set certain things in place, and then you're on your own after then. No, 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 no. I have a job. I'm in reasonable portion of health and strength. But God forbid if something happened to me. God forbid if something happened to my family. You know? And so we got to look past our own needs and look into the needs of others. I think that's scriptorial. And so we need to be very mindful of those things. But uh, I just wanted to share that with you. Do it. That's our current affairs. And we're going to bring that to you each and every opportunity that we get. But we want to play this uh, this archive section from uh, Gail. It's saying finishing in four. And it's very important for us to finish what we started. You know, he's talking about education. I'm talking about life in general. How often have you, uh, you yourself or you known someone that attempted to do something and they just give up? Every time you look at them, they... Uh, uh, they started something new. They doing something different. You said, man, what happened to the last job potential you had? What happened to the last uh, business that you had? You know, so, well, I just didn't work. I'm doing something different, which is great, but why, why don't you finish something be- uh, that you started before you started something else? Because guess what? Our younger generation, they're looking at us, and they're not being committed at things because they're seeing how Papa do it, how Granny doing, how Daddy is doing it. And yet they say, well, if they didn't finish it, why should I? I beg to differ. There's a reason why they didn't finish because they're looking at you. You need to set the groundwork. You may say, hey, I don't know how this thing going to work out, but I'm going to continue to work it out until God makes a difference in my life. And I, I want uh, to talk about them since you brought it up. Talk about God. Our God is the creator of heaven and earth, and he's over everything. Guess what? He's over our political uh, uh, arena right now and our political system too. So let's not get so caught up in, in, in that things are just going to happen. God is in charge. I recall uh, some time ago in the, in, in the Old Testament that uh, that a certain nation, they said Israel, they called out for a king. They said, give us a king, give us a king, give us somebody that's going to govern us and going to make decisions for us. And the prophet of God, and the prophet of God said, hey, if you get you a king, Samuel said, this king, is gonna, he's not going to treat you right. He's going to put taxes on you. He's going to take your sons to war. He's going to take your daughters and make handmaidens out of them. He's just going to abuse you every opportunity he gets. And people say, that's okay. Let it be on us. And guess what? They paid for that flight. They paid for that shortcoming. And I want you to know that God is able. Amen. We're going to go ahead and we're going to uh, play this archive, and we'll be back with you shortly. Lock Talk Radio. Challenge you to be all you can be in Christ Jesus. Oh, we're in for a great time this morning. We're in for a great time. We have a guest that's going to come on here in just a few minutes. Here, he's a, a good friend of mine. He's an author. He's a motivational speaker, and his name is Mr. Miguel. And he's going to come on and he's going to talk to uh, us about his book that he wrote. But we're going to let him just uh, describe that, and and we're going to let him come on and just share what God is doing in his life. So the next voice you'll hear will be Mr. Miguel. Good morning, Miss Miguel. Good morning, Joe. How are you? I'm doing great. Welcome once again to our internet program. You're no stranger to our show, so thank you for coming. No, back no, no, no. I, yes, yes, yes. I, I, I'm considering myself a friend of the show. <laughs> I consider you being a friend also. <laughs> you know what? We'll be we'll be out in the in the missionary field. I was saying that way since the last time you had been on this show. 
You know, yeah. we went over to the Boys and Girls Club, and you presented your book, and you were able to share with the young people how important it is to do what what they need to do regarding education. But I want you to yeah. talk about that because now school is starting up again, and sometimes people are lost. You know, they trying to figure out okay. what to do. So, will you please reintroduce yourself and tell us about your book? Okay. Uh, well, the book that I've written is called Finishing Four, and it's 10 steps to graduating college in four years. And the whole purpose of the book um, is to help uh, incoming college students to have a plan, have a 10-step plan, to be able to graduate school in four years. Unfortunately, most students who uh, start college uh, do not finish in four years. Uh, the national average right now is actually, uh, and get ready for this, Joe, it's only 50% actually finish in six years. So it normally hmm. takes students six years to graduate, and only about 50% of those students actually do it in, in, in six years. The rest of the students either take longer than six years or don't graduate at all. It's very common for colleges to have com four-year completion rates that are like 30% of the students, 25% of the students graduate in four years. Um, this is something that's not publicized. It's something that uh, a lot of universities don't necessarily like to discuss uh, for, for obvious reasons. Um, uh, it's, uh, it, it's, it's a problem. I mean, I, I would dare say it, 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 it's epidemic. And I think it's just recently that our uh, public officials and, and, uh, and uh, people in, at, at the universities and, and administrators and faculty have seen this as a big problem. One of the big issues now is I know when I was going to school, uh, if you didn't finish in four years, you know, oh, well. You know, you felt like, uh, you know, it was, college is your time to explore. You know, you take a little longer. You know, the economy was good. You know, it wasn't that big of a deal. It wasn't, at least it wasn't looked at as uh, a problem if you didn't necessarily finish before. But today, the whole game has changed. And with the economy that we're in today and with the, uh, the dynamic that students are paying so much more money to go to school with school loans and, and, uh, and higher tuition and um, just, I mean, the whole thing has just become a lot more costly to go to college. So uh, nowadays it's just not prudent for students to uh, waste time um, uh, in college longer than they have to be there. So it, it has become uh, almost completely necessary for a student to uh, think about graduating college on time and uh, uh, being able to uh, use their time effectively while they're in school um, in order to uh, get the most out of college while they're in there, but, but again, graduating college on time. So that's what the book is all about. Uh, I originally wrote the book um, in 2010. I was working as a, a student retention uh, uh, coordinator at East Stroudsburg University in Pennsylvania. Um, uh, I uh, have, you know, my, my background is, is I've done student recruitment. I've worked with uh, veterans in, in all, at universities. I've, uh, I've done student retention. Um, so I've worked in a, in a, a lot of different kind of uh, jobs at the university, all trying to help students to graduate college in one way, shape, or form. But at the time, I was tasked with uh, sort of helping the students at East Stroudsburg University to graduate, um, you know, on time, to graduate hopefully in four years. Um, our retention rate was, was uh, not great, and uh, we, we wanted to do something about it. And so uh, one of my first tasks was to just try to think of some ways to help the students. And I immediately thought, well, let, let me get a book that will help these students to, that they can read, that a, that, a, that a nice short book that they won't mind reading, that we can give to our incoming freshmen, and we can sort of, sort of help them to start thinking about graduating college in four years and so they don't take, take it for granted that, that, that they're going to do this. 
so I, I searched and I searched and I searched. I, I went on Amazon and I searched and I went to Barnes and Nobles and and I just kept looking for a book that would be able to give me the information that I needed to uh, transfer to the students. And you know, I couldn't find a book out there. So uh, uh, you know, I spoke to my uh, bosses and, and the folks there in East Strasburg, and I and I said, you know what, the book's not there, so I'm going to go ahead and write it. And and that's what I did. I I, I spent 2010 writing the book. And uh, uh, and uh, this past May, we uh, uh, published it. So it's been uh, it's been exciting, Joel. I'll say that. Yes, it has been. And you know, and as I was thinking about the book, there, you know, uh, as you're doing your research, you notice that the that the needs and the purpose hadn't changed over the years. No, no. You know what? It's it's kind of funny, but. The retention rates, and when I say retention, I mean, you know, it's a it's a you know administrative term, college administrative term, where you know we're saying we're trying to retain students, we're trying to keep students at the university and, and graduate them. But retention rates have not changed uh, in, in 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 the past thirty years or something like that. So exactly, you know, yes. we're, we're we're not we've done a really good job of helping students to get to college. I'll say that we we have. Um, I again, I was, you know, in the forefront of student recruitment. I actually worked with, you know, general population of students as well as minority students, and uh, I've worked in the inner cities and um, uh, with disadvantaged students, helping them to go to college. And you know, in our country, and and uh, our our colleges have really done a good job. In opening up the doors to a college education for everyone, uh, we, yes, uh, I mean we have. Uh, it, you, there is no argument there. Um, I know at East Stroudsburg, uh, they made big strides in uh, recruiting minority students and and uh, helping minority students to come into the university and and increase those uh, rates of minority students and first-generation college students and, and uh, young ladies. We've done a wonderful job with young ladies uh, going to college now. Because, uh, you know, to be quite frank, the women um, are, you know, top men in, in uh, college, you know, going to college. I mean, they're, nowadays it's not uncommon that there'll be 60% women in an incoming class and uh, 40% men. I mean, you know, that, that's not strange. So we've done some really good work um, helping students to get to college. Unfortunately, we haven't spent as much time or effort um, in helping them to graduate. And uh, that's where uh, I think the next step um, is, is uh, I think that's going to be the, the, the forefront of the battle for the next year, uh, years to come. Is okay now. We, we you know students know they need to get to college these, these days. It's not like when I was uh, uh, you know 20, 30 years ago where you can actually, or even 40, 50 years ago where you can actually get a job without going to college. Uh, these days it's, it's almost a prerequisite that you you get a college degree. So yes, it since is. That's the, yeah, since that's the case, you want to make sure. Uh, uh, we want to make sure as administrators and and um, and even uh, uh, the students themselves, we want to make sure that they spend their time wisely. So um, again, uh, we wrote Finishing Four and we published Finishing Four because it wasn't out there. There was nothing out there like it. There still isn't anything out there like it. Um, I have, uh, you know, uh, in my research, I've. I've uh, uh, you know, searched and searched and all the different books out there. Most books are either geared towards academics, you know, folks that are uh, faculty or administrators, or, you know, they talk about the subject and retention rates, but there, there's no book out there that's actually uh, a, a guide to the actual student. And I'll tell you, working with college students, they're, they're, they're students. They're young people. Um, they, they, don't, they wouldn't want to necessarily read a big old textbook uh, uh, about you know how to graduate college in four years. They, you know, you want something quick. You want something easy. Um, the book was uh, 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 created to be able to be read on an iPad or um, 
or read on your smartphone. It's, uh, it's only 64 pages, and half of those pages are these beautiful pictures that we have. So it, it's a very short, quick read, but it, it packs a big punch, and, and it gets to the gist of, of, of the issue and, and you know, helping the student. Uh, number one, I mean, the biggest, uh, the, the longest chapter is chapter one, which is, a, uh, you know, having a plan to graduate college in four years. And this is one of the things that I, I realize is that most students, uh, you know, they, they, they come in as freshmen um, and, you know, they're all excited and ready for school. And, 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 and you know they're smart already. They're in college, so academically they shouldn't have an issue. Uh, but they don't, they're not necessarily thinking of how can I graduate college in four years. That's not the number one thought that a college student comes in to college. Some do, but most don't. Most are thinking about, you know, their classes. Uh, they're thinking about tuition. Um, they're thinking about partying, which is, you know, <laughs> you know, that's common. They're thinking about girls. They're thinking about boys. But they're not thinking about, you know what, how can I get the most out of my college education um, as well as uh, graduate uh, on time. So this is something that if you're a parent um, or if you're uh, someone that has, uh, that, you know, if you know someone that is going to college, this is a great book to get them uh, right at the beginning of their college journey. So maybe when they graduate high school, uh, maybe when, um, you know, right before, you know, they, 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 uh, get on that bus to go to college in in August. Uh, you know, this is a great book for them to read on the way up to school or read, uh, you know, during that first week of school. So it, it'll set their minds to uh, uh, being successful and and what kind of game plan they they need to have. I mean, in every in every aspect of life, if you're going to be successful, you have to have a plan. And, uh, you know, having a plan to graduate college uh, and finishing college on time is, is no different. I mean, if you don't have a plan, then you're probably not going to do it. And uh, so that uh, is, I think, the most important chapter in the book. Um, um, the other chapters are very important as well, but having a plan is just pinnacle to uh, being able to be successful in college. If you, if you don't – college is very – um, and this is something else I tell my students, and uh, when I get a chance to uh, speak to students and and talk to them about, uh, you know, being successful in college, I say college is very different than high school. Um, in high school, basically, if you show up and you pass your classes, they're going to guide you through that process, and you're going to be successful. All you have to do is show up and, you know, behave and pass your classes, and, and they have it all plotted out for you. It's, it's, you know, it's fairly easy. But college is not like that. College is you are in the driver's seat. Um, if you don't show up to class, you don't show up to class, and there's not going to be anybody knocking at your door or, or you, know, you know, sending necessarily letters home to your parents. Um, you know, you're an adult, and, 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 and to a large degree your parent is, not responsibly for you as, you know, as far as the college is concerned. So, therefore, you know, it's all up to you. So you sink or swim based on what you do. And, and if you don't show up to class, if you don't do your work, if you, if you stay up late the previous night and, and decide to skip class in the morning and, and uh, you know, if you, if you just don't do the right thing, you will suffer the consequences, and there won't be anybody. There's no real safety net there to uh, to help you at most universities. Um, I, I actually know that at several universities, many universities, you don't get to meet your academic advisor until your second or third semester. Um, and many students, actually, many freshmen, especially, they struggle that very first semester. That's the most pinnacle time that you need to get a hold of your. Um, your, your advisor at a university, and there are advisors at most universities, but it's it, but it's up to you to find them. So it's not like uh, you're going to, you know, be uh, necessarily given those tools from the onset uh, when you start school. It's 
you know, it's up to you to find it. So with that responsibility comes a whole lot of, of uh, you know, there's uh, a larger chance of you not being successful if you don't have a plan. So it's very important that you go in there with a very mature attitude and, and, and just understanding that, you know, a lot of this is going to fall on your shoulders. You're going to sink or swim based on what you do and what you don't do. So... Yes, yes, you're so right. And as you was uh, sharing with us here, I was just writing, making some notes here, and you were saying having a plan, and we emphasize that. How frustrating is it for a student as you recruiting and as you talking to them about their plans that they don't have a plan? Well, it, it is. Fr- I, I think it's frustrating um, for students. I, I think a lot of times, I don't even think they're Joel. They're aware that they need a plan. <laughs> I, I, like, like right, I, I know what you're saying because yeah, you're so right. Yeah, I don't. I don't even think it's kind of like they've never been in college. If someone is is now going to college for the first time, they're a freshman or even a transfer student. Uh, they they've been successful in high school already, so they've they've navigated that um, that educational system, that high school educational system, uh, but. But really, they're going into a brand new educational system, and college is optional. It's still not something that you have to go to. So it's it, the way it, it's set up. It's set up so differently than high school. Um, really, in high school, the only plan you need to have is go to class, do your work, you know, don't mess up, and you know, follow the rules. And they're going to guide you through that whole process. So exactly. You're not, exactly. You're not going to have an issue, um, but college is different. I mean, you're not you're not going to get the kind of guidance that you had in high school. And uh, there's a there's a saying that I that uh, there's something I said in the book that I say cockiness is next to dumbness, and I say that um, <laughs> in speaking about students who who go to college thinking because they were successful in high school that they're automatically going to be successful in college. And that's a cockiness that is based on a success of, of a, a, a prior success, which is, which is good success. I mean, it's great you graduated high school, but, it, it, but it's almost meaningless when you start to think about college. Uh, the, the whole dynamic of college is different. And students should be weary or should be scared when they start college. I think there's a good... Uh, there's there's a a healthy sense of fear that needs to happen with students and apprehension and and just realizing you know what I'm not in Kansas anymore to quote the Wizard of Oz uh, I'm not uh, <laughs> this I'm in a different kind of place and you know and those students that are normally uh, uh, so if, uh, if a student has that kind of apprehension and that kind of fear and almost kind of like a whoa what what you know I need help here then they're in a good position to to be able to uh, navigate the waters um, as opposed to a student who thinks, oh, this is just like high school. You know, I'm going to be able to whiz by. I, 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 I was able to, uh, you know, go through high school with little or no studying, and I, I got A's, and, you know, and that's not going to be the case in college. And, and, and uh, that's... Uh, you're going to work a lot harder in college. The, the work is harder. The, the professors are professors and not teachers. Um, so it, it's a whole different atmosphere. And uh, I think uh, the more students know this, the, the, uh, the better it is for them. The, the more students are prepared for this change and for this, uh, for this uh, cultural change um, in, in, in uh, you know, uh, with college uh, as opposed to high school, uh, the better it is for them. I know one of the challenges is uh, I'm a first-generation college student, Joel, and what that is is uh, basically neither one of my parents went to college. So um, I have a, a soft spot in my heart for first-generation college students and any any student that that is non-traditional in a sense, uh, um, you know, hundreds of years ago, 
you know, universities were for the rich. They were for folks that could afford to pay for college. Um, yes, so they most were. people that went to college, they, they, you know, their families were wealthy. Maybe their, both of their parents went to college. At least one of their parents went to college. So it was kind of you, you had that kind of help from home, that kind of guidance. I know when I went to college, um, I didn't have that guidance. Uh, you know, God bless my mother. You know, she helped me financially. Um, she uh, supported me the best way that she could, but she didn't go to college herself, and uh, neither did my uh, father. So neither one of them could actually give me uh, practical help, you know, on, you know, what to do, you know, about this professor or what to do, you know, about this particular situation. I mean, they just couldn't help me. And so, therefore, I was really on my own when I went to college, when I started college. I was lost. Um, this was I had no reference point whatsoever. I had never been in the college atmosphere. Um, all I could do was assume that it was uh, <laughs> like high school because that's the only reference that I had. I had high school, and it wasn't. And therefore, I struggled. I struggled in uh, my first year of college was 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 so difficult. I made so many different mistakes, and I. And I, uh, you know, and I just didn't have anybody to really help me. I don't, I don't think I met my advisor myself until I was in my third year of, of, of uh, college. And uh, I, I didn't realize how important um, it was until uh, I was a senior. And I was like, you know what, I need to get out of here. Um, I need to be talking to someone about, you know, uh, how I can graduate and, but I just remember the struggle, and I, I put all of that, and I remember all of that, and I put those kind of things in the book because, you know, I know how it feels to be a first-generation college student and not have the support from home. And um, it is one of the, you know, most daunting things in the world not to have guidance and uh, not to have a mentor. So it's it's even more important for first-generation college students to, um, if you're one of them, to find your advisor right away, uh, get into a mentoring program, um, you know, find someone, you know, a family friend or a relative who has graduated college and seek their help, seek their advice. Um, it, it's, uh, it's, it's so important. And, um, another, you know, most of the students that are not graduating on time are those first-generation college students that don't have the guidance from home. If your parent has graduated from college, like, you know, my daughter, she's in college, and, you know, if she, if she has an issue with school or financial aid or, or, or whatever, I mean, at, at least she has me, and she has my wife who graduated school. We're able to help her. We're able to guide her in a very practical sense. Even if I didn't write this book, even if I didn't work for a, a university, just the fact that I graduated from college, you know, put, just just gives me that kind of wisdom um, to say, well, you can do this or or don't do that, and so it puts my uh, daughter in a very good position to to be able to navigate the landscape. Where you know, if, if yes, it does. If someone, yes. Yeah, if, if if you're someone that doesn't have um, you know a college graduate in the family or parent. Then, then you know you're just at a disadvantage, and 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 that's just that's just how it is. And uh, then you have to compensate, and you have to find a way to be successful. And if you don't, yes, you do, you do. Then, yeah, you you do. I mean, you have to find a way to be successful. You can't use it as an excuse. Hey, your parents didn't go to college. Mine didn't go to college. You know, a lot of my friends' parents didn't go to college that I was in school with. Most of my friends. They were all first-generation college students, and they graduated, and we did it. And, you know, some took longer than others, and, you know, but it's, it, you know, the, it, you, you have to sort of find a way to be successful. Amen. Mr. Miguel, we're going to break right here just for a second. We're going to do a little promo. we got a caller on sure. the line, so hold on, caller, and then we're going to bring you right back. Okay? All righty. Good morning. My name is Gray Bun, and I am 11 years old. You're listening to Free on the Inside, my papa, Diggy Joe Lewis. Good 
Good morning. Welcome again to our weekly Internet program. This morning we have a great guest on the line, uh, Mr. Miguel. He's an author and a motivational speaker, and he's and the book that we're talking about this morning is Finishing in Four. You know, as uh, college students going uh, preparing to go to college or uh, in college, sometimes they have a difficult navigating the system. They have a difficult time getting out. And Mr. Miguel has wrote a book that's very dear to his heart to try to help the students along the way that they should be able to finish the task at hand. I'd like to give you this uh, our call-in number where you two can join in the conversation. That number would be 310-982-4126. Again, that number is 310-982-4126. And uh, please take advantage of that number. There. Please uh, take advantage of the programming that we offer here on Blog Talk Radio, free on the inside, because it makes a difference. And we're going to bring Mr. Miguel back on here shortly, but we do have a call on the line. I ask you, caller, just be patient because we want uh, Mr. Miguel to uh, be able to go ahead and share everything he has. We're going to bring the caller in just a few right before he gets off uh, uh, this here program in case you have a question to ask him. Mr. Miguel. Yes, sir. Yeah, great. Thank you. Thank you. Now, as we get ready to wind down this your program, what you said, you said some things that really resonated was that as a student makes plans, that you know, and when they start changing courses, it's very difficult, you know, to mm-hmm. kind of complete those trips. How much of a challenge it is when students start changing their, uh, uh, you know, start changing their goals? Changing, well, changing their goals or changing their major? Change their major. Let's put it that way. Okay, so if if a student, I mean, changing your major doesn't have to be a bad thing. I think it could. You have at least uh, up to in most universities, you have at least up to your sophomore year, the end of your sophomore year, to make a decision about your your college major. I mean, it's great you go into college knowing that you want to be an engineer or knowing you want to be a biology major or something like that. That's great. If, if that's the case, then, you know, more power to you. But uh, many students these days do not know what their major is going to be. And many universities have gotten very wise and, and set up programs where they, you can actually go in as an undeclared student and go in and take your, uh, your, your, your basic courses, uh, because in college you have to take two years of basic courses in most schools and then two years of, of courses in your major, and so normally you take those two years of, of basic uh, 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 classes first. So it doesn't. What I'm saying is it doesn't have to be an issue uh, as long as at some point before your uh, junior year you decide uh, uh, what your major is going to be. Now that being All said, right. if, right. if you if you don't decide uh, by your junior year, then you can get into problems and and then. Then, then it could prolong your stay at the university uh, because you'll, you know, you might have taken some classes that are not going to uh, uh, go towards your major and, and, and things like that. So it doesn't need to be an issue, though. Well, great. I tell you what, Mr. Miguel, we're about ready to wrap, wrap up this portion of the show. Hold on, we have a call on the line. They just may want to just say hello or just find out where they can get your book. And we want you to be able to uh, tell us where to pick up your book at and prior to you leaving this program. All right, great. Good morning, you're on the net. Good morning, caller, you're on the net. Okay, that caller, that maybe they just choose just to listen in, and they do have an option. Callers, you do have an option just to listen in on the show or just to join in the conversation. As I, you call in, I get a little icon on the switchboard to tell me that you want to join in the conversation. If not, I still see your number on there, so... Uh, just please enjoy, do whatever you uh, see fit to do. But thank you for listening in on the program. Now, Mr. McGill, as we get ready to wind down, will you please tell us how to um, get your, uh, your book and the other information we need in the case we want to contact you, sure. our listening audience. Yeah, sure. The book is available at all major wholesalers, including Amazon, um, and uh, 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 it's on Kindle. So if someone, but if someone wants to get the book, uh, the best way to do it is to go to our website, uh, www.finishin4.net. That's finishin4.net. And you know, you go to our website; it'll it'll give you direction to either 
purchase the book on Kindle or purchase the hard copy of the book. Um, either way, uh, you're able to get uh, uh, get the book, and uh, it, it, it's a very attractive book. So if you do purchase it, I think you'll be very happy with the way it looks and the way it's laid out. We've spent a lot of time and a lot of money <laughs> to make sure that the, that the book looks good. So uh, I think most people will be very impressed with uh, with the layout of the book and 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 the, the covers and the pictures and that kind of thing. But again, it's finishing4.net, and uh, it's also available on Amazon and uh, at all major wholesalers. Well, great. Well, thank you very much. You've been a great show. Thank you, Joe. I, I, it's been great uh, being on your program. I really do enjoy it. Thank you so much. God bless you, and have a great day. You too, sir. Amen. You had just finished listening to Mr. Miguel, an author and motivational speaker, wrote a uh, book, a uh, how-to book, How to Finish College in Four, and we want to thank him for that, uh, or for his willingness to be on the show, and we know that that book will make a difference in the life of our young people as they are developing a sense of of awareness and that they develop in a desire to be successful in life. And Mr. Miguel have poured out his knowledge and his understanding of the system to share with our young people. So if you have an opportunity, please pick that book up. He told you where you're able to, where you're able to get it. And if you have a problem finding it, please uh, uh, give me a call at this number, 310-982-4126, and i give you the information that Ms. Miguel has shared with me. Amen. So we get ready to bring in our next guest here. And we're excited about what's going on here. We have another young man that's working in the ministry. And you know our ministry is geared up towards our young people. And so what we like to do here is just bring in someone that's dealing in the ministry. Amen. And so we're going to bring them on, and they're going to come in, and they're going to share what God is doing in their lives. Amen. But, again, uh, I'd like to say hello to uh, uh, our staff over at Granny's Place, uh, Beverly Beal and Sister LaShondra Lewis. Uh, they're working very hard in the ministry uh, to make a difference in the lives of our young people. And also, I'd like to say hello to our outreach ministry team. Last weekend, we were able to go down to Dallas Life Foundation. And, you know, that's a shelter near downtown Dallas, Texas. And we were able to do our annual lunch, and it was called Feed the Multitude. And, oh, man, God bless us. We did our show live from down there. And so everyone was excited about what was going on. And so we were excited about about what God is doing. And we have our next guest that's coming on the line here. We're calling him up right now. You may hear the phone ringing here. So please be, be, be patient. You're going to be excited about this guest here. He's considered to be a good, good friend of mine. Joe? Good morning. You're on the net. Yes, how good you morning. Doing? You're on the net. I'm doing great, Mike. How you doing? Oh, just sitting here waiting for you to call. <laughs> well, thank you, my brother. Thank you, Mike. Uh, you know we're on the net right now, so I want to thank you for being a guest on our weekly internet program. Our show is geared up towards our young people, and I know that you have a desire and you have a willingness to work with our young people. Yes, sir. Now, now tell us, Mike. Introduce yourself and tell us what portion of the ministry that you're involved in to help our young men and women. Well, my name's Mike. I grew up in Garland, Texas. I've lived in Garland all my life. My wife. Grew up in Garland, lived in Texas all her life, Garland, Texas. Um, I do the jail ministry. I do the juvenile. I didn't, I kind of was having a hard, I used to do the bus ministry before I did this. So I had a hard time getting around because I had surgery on both my hips, so I'm a hemophiliac, and I couldn't do that anymore. So one of the older guys at church asked me to go do this with him, and I didn't think I'd like it at first. But when I went down there, I just kept going. I it grows on you. you. You come to like the kids. The kids are responsive. You think you're going down there to see a bunch of criminal kids. They're not really that. They're just kids that, a lot of my, I don't know where they're at in their life or what's happening to them, but I do know I can look in their eyes, and most of them aren't people that are like killers or something. You know what I'm trying to say? Right, they're I understand. Kids. And uh, they're pretty responsive when you talk to them. And, that's, and when I was younger, I wound up in a lot of trouble like they do and what they're getting into, and I try to talk to them about where that leads. And I hope that they hear something that will make them think about it. Maybe 
uh, you know, some someday if they don't get it that at that time, you don't know how the warlord works. He may work right then. It may be years before they remember something. I remember things that the people at church told me when I was a kid. A lot of years later, that didn't affect me right then. And I'm hoping that it, what we say when we go down there, uh, you know, has an effect on and and changes their life some way. I know God works in funny ways I don't understand. Yes, he does. And, Mike, you know, I I have a sense uh, that it does work in their life, man, because, man, you're able to go down there and I see the excitement on the young men's faces, man, when you're sharing the gospel with them. So it makes a difference. It does. And, uh, you know, we're losing by the men getting older and actually dying. The number of men are going to the jailhouse. There's not as many of them as when I first started. There was about three Two or three times more men and women going down there than they are now, and we're getting smaller and smaller. And uh, I'm hoping more people will take an interest in that. And, and, and you know, Mike, and you're so right. You're so right because there is a great need for volunteers to come down there because our young people they're they're looking for something. And you know, the world offer them things that are that are devastating things that's going to. Uh, Ruin them for the rest of their life, man. But if we go down there and share the gospel, and we're not so much preaching to them, but we're trying to encourage them to be all they could be in Christ Jesus. That's true. I talk to them. I try to get a, a lot of times a two-way dialogue going, and uh, you'd be surprised some of the questions some of those young guys will ask you. Um, I'm not a great scholar, but some of the stuff they ask me can stump me pretty good, and I do have to... I try to prepare a little bit of a lesson from the Bible before I go in there. And I, I like to, one of the things I used, used to do when I first went in there, because I wasn't good at this, I'm, I would read the first chapter out of Proverbs and talk to them about wisdom and knowledge and what I didn't have when I was their age. And then I try to tell them what the Bible is. It's a history book of the, the Middle East over there, and it's 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 not only that, it's God's Word, and they can learn a lot from it, that Proverbs is just the beginning, and then, you know, of course, you have Romans and stuff that you can talk to them about. Uh, when you first start, you go in there, and they usually have the TV on. <laughs> you can tell they don't want to turn the TV off, but once the TV gets off, they open up pretty quick when they hear what you're going to talk about. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And, um, and Mike, and you so uh, and you so on point on that there because as we go in there, the kids are normally and they wreck, you know, into wreck hour. But the officers and the system are willing to stop what they're doing and let us share with the young men. And the young men are eager for it. We never have a, the uh, uh, well, not very often will they complain, you know. So they're looking forward to that portion of the of the day, you know. And, and it's someone that's have a sense of. Hey, I care about you. It isn't just a job. It's just that I care, and they can earnestly hear that in our voice and the voices of the volunteers that comes down there. Yeah, when I go in there, the first thing I open with is I tell them that I'm not here. I don't work for the state or the county. My only purpose I'm there for is to tell them about Jesus Christ, and the reason I'm here is because Jesus Christ had a great effect on my life. And uh, I start with that, and that that usually opens them up because they know that you know you're not there. For any other purpose, um, I, it, I, I just can't tell you how much the kids will listen if you'll go in there. You're so right. Now, now, Mike, how long you been doing this? It's been about two years now. I had uh, it's a bit longer than that. I had a little bit of a bleed for a while. I was out for about six months because I'm a hemophiliac. Cause reason, like I told you earlier, I can't get around as good as I used to could. But it's been a little over two years. That's great. That's great. And, and you know, Mike, as you go, I, I, you know, I, I have an opportunity to work with you, man. It's been a blessing, man. And I really enjoy your uh, your willingness and your desire and how upbeat you are. And, Mister, you going through some things, but you never let that hinder you from going. You know, uh, even though you have your own issue, but you still have a desire to go down there and talk to our young men. And that's a blessing, brother. Yeah, and you you can really meet some good people when you do this. I met you. And you know some of the guys we meet there, they're from all types of walks of stuff. You know, yes, they, they are. Do, they do all different things in life. And uh, there's some really interesting men that do this and women that do this. 
We need a lot yeah. more women. You know, We're down to about two now, women. I know, I know. And you know what? As you talk about interesting people, I think about the Huns, you know, the Orion couple. Uh, couple. And one of them is an engineer out at, at TI, a monster, and one of the big uh, electronic firms. You know, he writes uh, programs and design IC chips, but he's willing to give back. And then we have some people just just retired, you know. They're at the point in their life that they, you know, that they can just sit back and relax. But they said, no, I'm going to go out here to the jails and the juveniles, and, and I'm going to share with the young men my knowledge. And, and Mike, as you were talking about this, how you say you had just started and you don't feel like that you have enough, uh, you know, that you don't know uh, what you're doing very well. And that's the key to being a volunteer, man. We don't have to know a whole lot. No, I, 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 they've never treated me like a, in there that I don't know anything. It, it, you get a rapport with them, and they know basically if you're sincere. They, they're respectful kids. They have been respectful to me. I've walked in there a couple of times when there's been scuffling going on, and I'd pray, and it would stop. There's only been two times since I've been doing this. And then <laughs> I remember I you shared that with me. They would start back up. They, one time they asked me in Monroe to go back in there and talk to them because they couldn't settle them down. So uh, funny things happen in there, but I've never seen anybody hurt. The guards are good people. The place is a very clean facility. I wouldn't want to be in there, but if I had to be locked up, you know, they take care of the kids good in there. You know, yes, uh, they do, and and the kids have a sense of knowing that they've been taken care of because out in the world when they they and they are back in their own environment and things that they're accustomed to, they know how hard it is and how people are just you know out for their own interests. But in there, they have a sense of hey, somebody care. I even share with those guys, and you do too, probably from time to time, that even though the guards are telling them and and seem like they do you know being uh, uh kind of hard on them because of the environment, but it's for their betterment. Ain't nobody beating them, but they tell them mentally, hey, man, you need to straighten up. You need to do the right thing. Yeah, well, you know, it's just like raising kids, and that's what they're doing. They're in there raising kids sometimes, and it's a bad thing that some of these kids don't really have parents that will do that. There's going to be kids like that in there. And you can sense when you're in there, some of the kids aren't always street kids are in there. You can tell that they've been raised with, uh, you know, with with a little bit of money in their life, and then there's others that you can tell. Uh, I've been in there and seen, you know, you're observing what these kids are going through if you pay attention, and I've talked to them and sometimes asked me to pray for them. And there was one kid, he was he had to be 15 years old, and that kid had needle marks on his arms that were about an inch long. I, he, they must have just brought him in because I'd never seen him before previously, but I've seen him there several times since. So the last time I seen him, he was looking a lot better. And and the kid was really responsive. He started asking questions. I, I I did realize, and I did talk to him. And you can't get really close to these kids. And there's a purpose why you can't. You just tell the gospel, and pray for them, because they don't yes, have exactly. contact with them when you leave there. Because there's too many predators in this world. But you know, I, I told the young boy in a quiet way. I said, God didn't make you for this. And he looked in my eyes. He knew what I was talking about, and we had a rapport going on from there. And I see him, you know, I've seen him three times. And each time he's, he does, he looks like he's doing better. And I pray for him at night, and I hope he doesn't wind up back in the same trouble when he leaves there. Oh, Mike, that's powerful. That's powerful. And, you know, and, and I'm glad you told that portion of the story because it, it, people go down there, they think it doesn't make a difference, it doesn't change the life of someone. But it does. Just that little act of kindness, man, it goes a long way. You know, uh, occasionally I give out Bibles to our young people over at another juvenile facility, the little pocket Bibles. And one day I was at a grocery store, and a young man was bagging up my groceries. And he said, I've I seen you before. And I said, well, I come to this store occasionally. He said, no, nah, I've seen you somewhere else. And he said, oh, yeah. And he pulled, reached in his back pocket and pulled out a little Bible. And he said, oh, you the Bible, man. <laughs> and I said, man, it, it makes a difference, you know. Because what we're doing, it makes a difference in the lives of our young men and women. The same thing happened to me and my wife at Kroger. We were standing up there where you get checks, cash, and money orders and stuff, and this young kid comes, he's got his grandmother with him. He, says, uh, he started talking to me, and he said, I remember you, and I didn't want to, you know, I didn't know what his grandmother knew was going on. I said, I'm pretty sure I know where you're from. And he, he looked at me and grinned. He said, yeah, but, you know, you told us to go to church, and he had started going to church at, Rogers Baptist Church out here in Garland. And a lot of young men we talk to, you know, basically don't live in the Garland area, but sometimes you'll see kids that live out in this area. 
It seems like the biggest concentration number right there around uh, Pleasant Grove, South Dallas, Oak Cliff, and those areas like that, and the, the bigger city part of Dallas. You're but so right. There's a lot of kids that come to there from these suburbs, too, because it is a county institution. Yep. Hey, Mike, I'll tell you what, hold on just a second. We're going to stop here for a little promo, and then we're going to bring you right back, okay? Yes, sir. Amen. Uh, we're going to do this little promo. Okay. Uh, you're listening to Free on the Inside, and our guest this morning is Mike, and uh, he's a volunteer down at one of our juvenile centers here, and he's sharing with us the uh, the uh, what a joy and a blessing it is to be able to uh, go to our young men and be able to encourage them. We're not preaching to them, but we're encouraging them, and you are listening to... Good morning. My name is Gray Bunn, and I am 11 years old. You're listening to Free on the Inside, my papa, Diggy Joe Lewis. And as uh, young as Gregory Boston said, you are listening to Free on the Inside, the Internet program to encourage you and challenge you to be all you can be. This morning we have a great guest on this morning, Mike. He's a volunteer over at one of our juvenile centers, and he's telling you the importance of it is to give it back. He's telling you the importance of it is to share with our young people. He's telling you the importance of it is that it makes a difference in the life of a young man. You just heard a, a testimony from Mike at how he met a young man and that uh, got out and he listened to him, even though we never know the people that we talk to, but the young man took it to heart, and he's trying to do the right thing. There's many, many stories like that. And we also have a call-in number at 310-982-4126, and that's a call-in number where you too can join in the conversation. We do have a caller that's online right now. Caller, are you there? Yes, sir. We have a caller on the Good line. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How, How you doing? Are you? Great, great, great. This is Pastor First Lady Anderson, and we yes, just want point. to let you know we're on the line listening in and enjoying the show. Well, God bless you. We tried to get to you earlier, but we miss you, but thank you for holding on. Oh, yeah, that's quite all right. We're just listening uh, in and letting you know that there is support out here in the listening audience. It's so right. Now, do you have any comments regarding what we just discussed? We had the two uh, guests on this morning, but our last guest is Mike. He's a volunteer at the Juvenile Center. Do you have any thoughts or comments regarding that before we let you go? I have thoughts and comments on the first interview with Mr. Miguel. I think that's an awesome idea, finishing it in four. It sounded like the book is going to be is very informative, and it is a needed thing because, as he stated, when he went to school that, you know, his family or his parents wasn't able to help him and he didn't have a mentor, but to, for him to take on that passion and put it in book form, I think that would be a plus for not just the children, but for adults returning to schools such as myself. And with our brother Mike, I think it's such a joy that when he was asked to go, he wasn't for sure if he was going to like it, but out of obedience he went and he sees that he likes it. And two years later he's still on the battlefield working with the youth of today. And I just think that is awesome, and I just thank the Lord, and I just pray his strength in God as he continues to go and encourage the future of tomorrow. Oh, God bless you, though, First Lady Henderson. And tell your husband I said hello. We were looking forward to him coming on this morning. But thank you all very much for continuing to support this show. And we're going to bring our guests back in before we end this show here. But thank you again for listening to the show, and we're looking forward to talking with you later. Yeah, I just want you to know I'm out. That concludes a portion of our archive show. This is a live show here where we uh talking about current events. I want you to be mindful of that you can make a difference. I want you to be mindful that the situation around you can change. You're not to be overcome by the things that's going on, but you are to be victorious. And how do you do that? By being involved. There's so, many, there's so much going on today. But guess what? One person can make a difference. And uh, not only that one person, but a group of other men and women, like-minded, like-passion, like-desire, can change a nation. You know, there's a, there's a dark shot, a cloud over the horizon, but yet 
that the Son is going to break through. We're talking about the Son of God. He's going to come through and He's going to show His power and His might. You're listening to Free on the Inside weekly program. I'm your host, Minister Joy Lewis, and you're just uh, uh, tuning into an archive show with Miguel mentioning for along with some callers that call in. And this show was recorded some time ago, a couple of years ago, but it's still relevant today as our young men and women go back to high school, elementary school, and college. We want them to have a mind of completing, completing the task at hand. And to you, my brothers and sisters, I want you to complete the task at hand. I don't know what the you, but he knows, and guess what? You are equipped. Yes, you are more than a conqueror. Yes. You are above the situation, not beneath. Now, but you know what? It's still so much more we can talk about. But, Mike, before we go, I want you to share with our audience the best that you can. We want to thank you for what you've uh, been doing. And as we get ready to part, we, again, you'll listen to an archive show, Real on the Inside Ministry. We're here each and every Saturday morning uh, from 8 to 9. And be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And looking forward to being with you next week. All right. Help change your life in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah.